Let's roll. Here's some freedom, entrepreneurial freedom. Freedom, baby! Freedom! Let's go! Three, one, two, one. Brian Lacosta, the Brian Lacosta, the fitness transformational coach. And let's let's take a deep dive into first and foremost, what is fitness transformation? What is that? Fitness transformation is more than just fitness. So when I say transformation, I'm speaking spiritually, mentally, not quite financially, but we can kind of throw that in there. Yeah. A full transformation from the mindset, leading from the inside out. I think a lot of the fitness industry leads just from the superficial, the 30-day quick fix, the seven-day detox, whatever it may be. And the consumer and Americans are pissed off, the world's pissed off because we now know that that stuff doesn't work. So it starts from the inside out for a full transformation. So fitness transformation coach is the name of the so game. So transformation you're talking about is coming from the inside. Mm -hmm. and, I, and the fitness portion is, is what regarding body and health? Yeah, it leading from, you know, we've got this vessel, we have one, mm -hmm. we can't replace it. We get to optimize this before we optimize anything else. So fitness, physically, okay. physical fitness. Okay, now here, here's a question that I, I assume that some people would ask you. Why you gotta get so big? <laughs> <laughs> it's an upset, no, it's not an obsession. Um, man, honestly, I love training so much yeah. and the feeling of training that it sounds silly, but it's, it's honestly just a byproduct of that passion and loving training so much. Gotcha. Uh, so, so you, yeah. how long have you been doing it? Been for training. a decade, for, for a 10 decade. years. For, for 10 years you've yeah. been training. So I'm, seven, I'm 27 now, started at 17. And, and why did you start? It's really started from, uh, you know, I was in high school, was a skinny kid, not a lot of confidence, not much direction, what I wanted to do after high school, was it college, was it whatever. I grasped onto training in the gym as my rock. It was kind of like that flagpole in a storm that I could grip onto. I was good at it. I knew that it would be consistent for me. And okay. it led me through a lot of dark times. So that's an, that was the initial draw to it. Was there a story that, that got you into the gym? Or a situation that got you into the gym? Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually, it's, it's pretty funny. I was, a, I was a soccer player, skinny, 145 pound kid in high school. Um, not, like no for, size whatsoever. For comparison's sake, if you was 145 pounds, what are you now? 205. 205, okay. So, so what is that, 50, 60, 60 pounds of what, muscle? 60, not, not pure muscle, but most muscle. Most muscle, okay. Yeah. Okay. So quite a bit transformation, in, and it started from being a soccer player and a runner. Was in shape, but skinny, not confident, and I took a uh, fitness and conditioning class in high school. Just as an elective, I needed to fill a class yeah. for my senior year, and ended up taking it, just electing this, and it was all football and basketball players in this class fitness and conditioning, and it was just weight room. And I was like, I didn't even know what it was. I didn't know what I got myself into, but literally the first class, it was meet at the weight room. And then lo and behold, like that semester, I just started to train, right? I had, so started to train with them. They were benching like 315, 225. I could barely like get 135 on the bar. But the thing was, these players who were huge would sing my praises. They'd say, you're an athlete, you have a lot of potential. Mm. You work hard, you can put on a lot of size. We see that you, you have some genetics for you as well. Gotcha. And I was like, that was the, that was the start. And then I was just like, I'm gonna stick. So there were people who affirmed you and fed you affirmations and that got you, that kickstarted your growth. 100%. So how important is the, the, were those words? 
Man, words of, words of affirmation, both that we tell ourselves and then others tell us are everything, man. I, I really think, you know, for, and I'm sure you're the same way as well. I, I would not be where I am today if at certain points in my life, there was someone who they believed in me more at that time than I believed in myself. Wow. They saw some greatness in me that I did not see in myself. Mm. They spoke it onto me and called me forth. And then I kind of tried that jacket on, look in the mirror like, I am this guy, you know, I can have this. That reminds me of when I was 19 years old and I saw someone who believed in me. I was working at a Metro PCS. I was just a store manager. But I, you know, I was, I was 19, so that's pretty good, you know, be a store manager. Sure. However, one of the employees that was also a friend of mine, he believed in me, he said, dude, we were leaving the gym and he said, man, I believe in you so much. I think you should own your own cell phone store. And I'm 19 years old, I'm a college dropout, I'm from the hood, I used to sell drugs, there is no way that I'm gonna be a business owner. Mm -hmm. And he said, dude, I, I believe in you, like you can do this. And you know what, I'll even quit the job and I'll work for you. I'll, I'll work for you. And I said, dude, you do it, let's do it. So we opened up one store, that one store became four stores. I then employed 30 people by the age of 21, made my first million and that's when I moved to California from the East Coast. So people, it's, it's amazing how people that believe in us how much, how much they, they really mean to our success. Mm -hmm. So it seems like we have a responsibility for the people that are in our lives for us to affirm them and give them positive words of affirmation. Oh my gosh, that's an, that's an amazing story, man. Yeah. yeah, literally, so that was the catalyst that literally pulled you in. That pulled me in, and now because I started doing the cell phone store, that opened my eyes to entrepreneurship, and then what else is possible? Mm -hmm. So I know one thing, and I think you heard it while he, Ellie was playing the video for you. I was laying down on my stomach, I was laying down on my bed and I was watching a video of Beverly Hills. Now, I'm from an area where gunshots and gang violence is normal. Like you walk outside and it's, that's, a, that's a normal thing to see blood on the floor. Mm. But I saw Beverly Hills and Rodeo Drive and I said, I wanna go there, I wanna experience what, what that's like. Oh my gosh, man. And uh, so, you know, I opened up the business, grew the business, now I wanted to expand my mindset, but also expand my horizon. Now look at us here, right? right? Oh my gosh. So where are you originally Excuse from? Me chills. So it's funny, I'm from outside of Boston, I know you're from Rhode Island, so I'm from a town called Medway, Massachusetts. Okay. Grew up middle America, not, family wasn't killing it, but they also, we weren't in poverty, so. That, I mean, your story is very inspiring. So I'm from New England and then I actually moved to West Virginia, which really ties into my story with fitness where there's a big difference between New England and West Virginia, mm -hmm. which is um, one of the highest in drug, uh, drug abuse in our country, most obese state in the country, uh, very poor education, mm -hmm. um, very, um, I would say it's not the most ideal, it's not the most ideal place. It's a beautiful place and there's beautiful people. Yeah. Nothing wrong on West Virginia itself, but just the fact of the matter is they're, they're, they're behind. They're mm -hmm. behind healthcare, you name it. So that was a, that was a big wake up call for me, just, just seeing. What's the, what's the, the scenario land. when you were in, well, first of all, why did you go to West Virginia in the first place? Yeah, great question. Um, so my mother, her family lives in West Virginia. Oh, that's where your mom's originally my from? My mom's from, my dad's from Boston. Oh, okay, gotcha. So we ended up moving towards, more towards my mother's family. Okay, so yeah. when you got to West Virginia and you see that there's a lot of obese, drug abuse is high. Now, what did, that, what did you tell yourself then? I just, I honestly didn't, I didn't know that that, uh, that way of life existed to be honest mm. because up in New England education is great and not for the most part I'm speaking generally you know education is pretty good um, you know f further along in healthcare there's great healthcare so I kind of took a step back was like whoa like some of these people don't know what they don't know 
and they just think like this is the way that the world is. Like a lot of people in West Virginia, like they haven't left. They literally like have traveled to within like a 25 perimeter of their their home. Like a lot of people don't leave, and um, and it was like wow. You know, I have an opportunity to open up what's possible for people here, leading by action. And, and that's, that's really how it started, just from like middle school, high school, got in with a wrong, a wrong kind of crowd in middle school, high school, and then was able to move on, kind of refocus myself, got into personal development, and then that was kind of my one from there. Okay, and then, so when was your first introduction to personal development? Do you remember my that? dad gave me a book. Okay. So my dad actually um, is a speaker. He works with uh, John Maxwell. So my dad is in the personal development world. He quit a corporate job to do entrepreneurship. Wow. So that ties into my story too. My dad gave me a book that's called uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens. Ooh, okay, interesting. And that's written by, so Stephen Covey wrote Effective People. His son wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens. And I think it was 16 at the time. And the book just taught me, take 100% responsibility for your life, 100% ownership, be authentic, be your word. And these are things I just, you know, I'd never heard. Right, right. I just didn't know this stuff. So it, it allowed me to optimize my mind. I was like, wow, I'm working on my mind. I'm not sure what's going on up there, but I like it. I'm thinking differently. I'm seeing the same situations in different light. Like, I need to read more of this stuff. Okay, okay, so, so you, your dad gives you a book, you start reading this book, and you start l expanding your mind. It seems that we, in many of the stories that I, of, of the people that I interview, there's always like a seed that is planted in their brain, and then that seed starts to expand. Mm. So now, this takes place while you're in West Virginia, correct? Correct. And while you were in West Virginia, you see this environment that wasn't conducive of what that book was sharing. Mm. So how do you get from West Virginia to we're here now in Los Angeles, California? Wow. Big, big switch, big switch. Uh, so ended up graduating high school in West Virginia, went to college in West Virginia, and I studied accounting and finance. Um, and I, I just wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be high up in a company, I wanted to be a CEO, wanted to know everything I needed to know about business. So yeah. I was like the accounting guys, the finance guys, like they know the numbers, they're good. Graduate college, end up moving to Washington DC, okay. the capital, which is close to West Virginia actually, and took a job that I ended up just, I hated. I hated working for someone. What were, you, what were you doing? I was an accountant. Oh, you were an accountant? I was an accountant. You went to school for accounting, you got the job, and you hated it. I hated it. Oh okay. my God, I hated it so much. Um, sitting in a cubicle, and there was upwards trajectory, right? I, like I saw a path that I, I could have followed, and I thought that I wanted. It's like, okay, by 40, I can be making like a couple hundred racks, like that's great. I can, you know, have employees, have people under me saw the person who had that position that I would work towards over the coming 15 years or so. Didn't like it, man. What was it that you didn't like? Didn't like, um, didn't like the work itself, wasn't passionate about the work itself, wasn't passionate about the corporate grind and how like a company can kind of dictate your freedom. Hmm. That's when I started to realize how much I value freedom. Gotcha. Not having to show up at one time. I'll show up when I want to. So, so time freedom was really important to you? Very much so. Okay. Very much so. And, um, and making my own impact. Okay. Right? I felt, you know, I wasn't making my own impact. I was taking orders and doing a good job at what, I've been t what I was told to do. Gotcha. I'm like, wait. How long were you doing this gig for? Uh, four, so I was in the corporate world for five years. Five years. Worked for two different companies. Wow. Yeah. And then, so you experienced this, this turmoil going on inside of you that you, you want freedom but in this position, you don't have that freedom. Mm. And the person that you saw ahead of you, 15 years ahead of you, didn't have that freedom that you desired to have. They were even more shackled than I was. Shoot. 
So then, so then at what point did you make the shift out of the corporate world? Great question. So I knew, I knew that, uh, I knew that that wasn't for me. I was like, I fucking hate this. Like I'm making decent money, but I'm not fulfilled. Ended up, uh, I ended up getting in a car accident that was almost fatal. Wow. Um, so bad so that they sent a preacher to the scene to read me my final rites. Cause oh my they, goodness. they got calls from the road that they said that I was dead. And he showed up and looked me in the face and said, um, I was sent here to read you your final rites cause we heard you were dead. And that was like, that wasn't the exact wake up call like right away, but over the coming, I'd say six months, I knew I wasn't aligned with what I was doing at work. Mm. And that accident really made me like reflect, like I could be gone and that, I have not laid an impact on the world whatsoever that I, what I want to. And I was not, I was, dude, I was not okay with that. So I was like, well, what am I passionate about? It's not accounting, it's not finance. It's, I love fitness, I love music. Let's try this fitness thing. Literally that, I go to the gym anyways. Mm. Literally ordered a camera off Amazon, just started vlogging for YouTube. Mm. Like, I don't know what this is gonna turn into. Started filming my day. Get up in the morning, putting on my shirt and tie, going to work as an accountant, getting off, going to the gym. I bring my camera in the gym, set it up, start training, edit the video at night, upload it for the morning, go back to work, and do it doing, all again. you were doing this on a daily basis? Yeah, every okay. day, every day. Um, and that, I was just leading from pure intuition. It wasn't like, I'm gonna start a fitness business. Yeah. It was like, I'm exploring shit that makes me, like lights me up and is fun because I'm so not fulfilled right now. Okay. And then YouTube started to grow. Social so what media. What year was that? This is, this is late 2016. This is only. This is, this is recently. This is like two and a half years now ago. Now we were thinking like, right, this is like, this is like, you know, five years ago, six years ago, but okay. This is about two years ago. Two years ago, okay. Yeah. So yeah, two years ago, making 50 grand a year, sitting in a cubicle in Washington, DC. Now, now where was your physique at two years ago? I was in good shape. I was in good shape because when I started two years ago, I had already been in the gym for eight years. Okay. So. I wouldn't say I look exactly what I do now, but I wasn't, I wasn't shit. So you were near, near to what you are now? Yeah, okay, I, gotcha. was, I was. Um, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to start documenting on social media because what we see a lot on social media, the glitz and the glam, is some fitness guy, and it's funny I say this because I'm almost in that position now, but like <laughs> some fitness guy who that's his full-time thing, that's all he does, he lives in sunny Southern California. It's like sure that freaking guy can work out, but look at me, I have, a normal, I have a nine to five job. Yeah. I'm like the 99% of people in this freaking country and I have this physique. That's value right there. People wanna know like, dude, you work like the same amount I do, but you look like that, what do you do? That's why I started documenting, right? So started to get messages on messages, emails. Can you help me? I see your content, I love it. I'm like you, I'm a lawyer, I'm an accountant, I'm a doctor. Like, help me, like help. So before we go into that, let's backtrack a little bit because it, it, that does make sense. You were, work, you were working at nine to five and it takes some sort of discipline to be able to accomplish that physique. So talk to me about what's the mindset that you had and the discipline that you have compared to others that aren't in that physique. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's two things. It's, it's, it's first having a compelling vision. Well, let's be real. Does it come easy to you? No, no, the it discipline. doesn't. So I do believe discipline's a habit. Okay. It's easier now than what, what it was. You know, we make a lot of decisions on autopilot, a lot of during the day. But initially at one point, they had to be a conscious habit that we, we put into play earlier in life. So at this point, I'd say my, dis, my discipline, I wouldn't say easy. I still have those days when we're all snooze, but it's easier than when I started. So 
But when it comes to me maintaining my physique now, it's Andy, it's really as simple as this, and I know you know this, like what's the compelling vision for what you want in all aspects of your life, right? Mm -hmm. And again, like we started physical, financial, uh, relational, uh, all of these things, right? Do you know what it is? Mm -hmm. That's a lot, you know, a lot of a lot of people that listen to you, Andy, a lot of young guys, it's like, you guys haven't defined that for yourself, and that's fine, but when I was younger, like I decided that I'm gonna define exactly what I want to look like. I wanna be a, just a real so beast. So you're saying you start with the vision, and then in order to maintain that discipline, because it's, it's easy to do it for a week. It's easy to do it for four days. But in order to do it for the longevity, you've been doing it for over 10 years now. Mm. To do it for that long consistently, like I've been trying, I've been working out for 10 years and I lost 22 pounds in the last 10, you know, in the last 10 years, yeah. uh, multiple times. But you have a, a track record of consistency and what has supported you is having a compelling vision that was clearly defined. Mm -hmm. So number one, you're saying start, have a compelling vision. Mm -hmm. And then number two, when you snooze or when you're in the bed and you're thinking about, should I go to the gym or not? What comes up in your mind? What comes up in your brain? What comes up to my, what comes up in my brain is, you know, what's the consequence of this? And it's, and it sounds a little like crazy, like it may be a little psycho, but I literally go to the point where it's like, I will think of my deathbed. Wow. I'll literally think of when I'm going to be leaving this earth, like, what do I want to be true and to be said of my life? for me to be able to save my life. And is, is, what I'm, is this decision that I'm gonna make right now, this minuscule decision to shoot, snooze for another hour, is that conducive to my big vision for impacting the world, helping a million people transform? No, it's not. So like, yeah, sure, if I don't have that compelling vision, I can't really appreciate the consequence of a small action, but when I do have that vision, I can play you know, bad cop with myself and be like, hey, here's the deal. You can sleep in, that's great, but don't talk big game and say you want big things, but then not be walking the walk, not back it up. Gotcha, gotcha. So compelling vision, and then now you always, now in your head, you literally think of these scenarios of how is this decision that I truly don't feel like doing, how is it gonna affect my natural life? Yeah, 100%. Like you, go, you go deep to like debt. I go, I go all the way, man. I, okay. I'm a pretty extreme person. And then now, like, uh, you know, there's books, you write, it, write your goals down, uh, or meditate. Do you do any of that? 100%, yeah, I do. I do write goals down, I do meditate, and I really think um, even more important than writing goals down, write, setting goals, you know, by whens, mm -hmm. very important to do. But something I noticed that I've done from a young age, I didn't actually know I was doing at the time, but it served me so well, is feeling the emotions and the pure excitement, joy, vitality of what it would be like when I actually have that, right? Mm. Going, in, going into that vision, and it's usually like during a daydream, it's in the shower, it's like off times during the day. I'll just, I won't be present, I'll be in that dream. I'll be in like being on stage, sharing, sharing my music, helping people transform, growing my, like I'll be in that flow and just the excitement of seeing that progress in the future. And then that is actually what compels me to take action towards it. It's not seeing a line written on the paper, a million dollars by 24, a million dollars by 20, whatever it is. Like, sure, seeing that is great, that's important, but embodying that. And so you're saying, you're saying to essentially like feel what it would feel like to achieve that win. It's the most important thing. And that's what has supported you to excel in your growth in your business, excel in your growth in your body. 
So now the last thing that we wanted to talk, uh, the, the, one of the last things that you were talking about that I did cut you off was the, the portion of the nine to five, that discipline. Mm -hmm. You know, other people, other people, they have the same 24 hours that you have and they have the same shift that you have, but they have a different physique that you have. Mm -hmm. What, as a fitness coach, as a fitness transformational coach that you are, what do you see is the biggest challenge in people's lives that are in that predicament? Great question. I, th I don't think, I know that this country and the world is very misinformed at what it takes to actually maintain a physique of their dreams and a lean physique and a healthy physique. We're, we're marketed so much, you know, P90X, do this program, this DVD set, right? Like these detox like, teas. Like you're talking this, quick fixes? This quick fix, like we're, we're marketing this quick fix or this diet, like you, you've got to cut carbs and go, you know, keto or paleo, whatever it is, vegan. The truth is I have education, you know, I, and I'm not educated in nutritional science or anything. It's not my degree, but I've poured a lot into my own personal education, learning that, hey, it's about calories, mm. right? It's about macronutrients. It's about proteins, carbs, fats. It's about the fact, hey, like Sally from HR, who's 50 pounds overweight, who thinks she needs to be eating these, you know, weight loss bars every day. You don't. And a matter of fact, you can have pizza almost every day during the week. Did you know that, Sally? No, I'm I still, uh, what? Yeah, Dude. You, you can. Okay. You can, as long as the energy balance, the calories and the macronutrients make sense. Now, great, I'm not saying all pizza diet. You, know, you yeah, gotta right, balance right, right. it with some whole foods. I'm giving a little bit of an exaggeration, but people are- But it is possible. It, it is, it's very possible. And it's through education and just being informed. Okay. Yeah. So then, so then you're, you're West Virginia, you come, you're, your mind is expanded. Now you come to Los Angeles. Now what was your experience coming to LA? Like how do you now come, cause currently you're, you're supporting clients in their, fitness, in their fitness goals, correct? Sure. And in their fitness goals, I'm sure it's not an easy thing, but how do you, how did you get started in that? Mm. How did, how did I get started coaching? In the, in the coaching. So you, you were documenting, people were asking you questions, but how do you transition and get started in the coaching and move to California? Great question. So yeah, it was as simple as sharing free content online just because I loved it. Started to get emails from people, Brian, I've got a specific question for me. I'm 54, I'm 50 pounds overweight, all these credentials, help me out, what can I do? And I would just start to give free advice. Okay. Just free advice via email, free advice via social media, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, whatever. And then it was one time where I specifically remember a guy named Johnny. He lived in Washington, D.C., where I lived at the time. He had served overseas in Afghanistan. He was in great shape while he was in the service, but he had subsequently put on a lot of weight. And he wanted me to coach. He was like, Brian, I want you to coach me. How much? Very direct. I'm like, oh, shit, okay. Um, you can have uh, money now. Yeah, I'm like, literally someone wants to pay me. I, and honestly, I was about to say no. But the girl I was dating at the time very blessed to have had her in my life, was also in fitness and was like, you, you idiot, like say yes. Just like say yes, so I was like, whatever. I literally emailed him back and I was like, okay, 12 weeks, nutrition and training, uh, $500. So like, what year was this? This was 2016. 26, all right, so it's still 2016. It's 2016. All right, so you give him a 12, uh, three month, 12 week nutritional, nutritional program and then what happens afterwards? And then he emailed me back and literally in 20 minutes, like, okay, how do I pay? And I was just like, my, all right, all right. So, 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 so you do your first deal, your first deal, five hundred dollars to support someone in their nutrition and in their in the exercise program. Yeah. So what happens afterwards? I and I had nothing built. I had no training program built. I had no nutrition plan built. Didn't know how to do it. Didn't know whether we'd call each other, text via email. I was just like, all right, I'm putting this out in the universe. Like I want it. Let's do it. 
like the rubber meets the road now. Yeah. Like, so, and, and then I brought him on and he's been a client for a year and a half now. We, we don't work with each other. I still stay in contact with him until this day. Lost a bunch of weight, super happy. And then he, one client became three. Three clients became 10, 10 became 20, 100, 200. Just over the last, over the last two years. Wow. Just by showing up for people. Now there's a lot of scaling that goes involved, protecting your time, having the right platform, having an app. All, all of these things are very important, but it really just starts with, again, like bringing that insane value and then pouring into each person that comes. So, so now in, in your life, what are you up to nowadays? So you're, you're obviously training people to get, to, well, giving them the information. You're giving them knowledge so they can transform their lives. Mm -hmm. But in your personal life, what are you up to nowadays? Like, so, personal, so personal life nowadays, now the day job, and I, it's not really a day job, it's my being, it's everything I love, is helping people get in better shape. That's the first thing, in an online capacity, not in, in person and have trainers under me that, that coach my clients as well, which I'm fortunate for, all online. And now stepping into a space of mentoring, aspiring fitness coaches wow. who wanna come online and do the same thing that I did in the last two years, because it's so much more lucrative and rewarding, quite frankly, than being an in-person trainer. Now that's a generalization, a lot of people would prefer in-person, but a lot of people would like to increase their impact. That's number two. And then personal life-wise, I love music. I used to be a DJ when okay. I was in college. I was in a band in high school, played guitar. What was the name of the band? It was called Last Chance Lost. Last Chance Lost. Okay. Last Chance Lost. And um, so that's, that's big in my personal life. It's just, I freaking love music, man. So I'm not working out. I'm playing music. I'm recording mixes. I'm posting them on SoundCloud. Now, now I mean, we live in, in LA and it's very easy to, it's very easy to get play out here. You know, on the East Coast, we call it play. We're talking about girls and so mm. on and so forth, right? Has that ever distracted you in your business or in your personal, in your actual physique? Uh, women. Women, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. I'd definitely say so. I th you know, I have, a, I have a healthy relationship with um, romance, mm -hmm. I'd say. So, you know, I've dated a lot. Like, since I was 16, I've pretty much always been in a relationship at, and up until about a year ago. So this last year, I've been single. And I've dated, and I've, you know... I've gone on dates, I've been with girls, but like, it's, it's not something that, um, I'm able to draw, I'm able to draw the balance, you know, see the perspective, but that's a great question, man. Okay, so now, is it, is it a distraction that you do get distracted and you indulge and you bounce back, or is, it a, is there a discipline that allows you to know when and how? Great question, I, and it, again, it, this ties to vision. So what's the vision for what you, so me personally, I, I want a wife, and kids. I'd love to have two, three kids. I'm not going to smack a label on it, but that's like, that is my vision. Um, is this girl that I'm going to go on a date with, you know, I give my Thursday night to, Friday night, whatever, um, do I think that she's conducive to like serving my future? Is she in alignment with what I see for myself, hmm. right? And making a decision from that space. Or is just like, let's be real, is she just some hot girl from Instagram or some girl I swiped on on Tinder or Bumble and I just want to like hang out with her, right, right. right? It's easy for me in that point to be like, well, no, if I'm being honest with myself, you know, she's wifey material. If, she, if a girl's not wifey material, I'm not going to spend time with her. That's so the point that I'm at. So throughout the time of your relationship with this woman, from the beginning, first meeting her, is you're questioning, is she in alignment with your vision? 100%. So it seems that you make a lot of your decisions based off your vision. Mm-hmm. Everything. Now, so what is your vision then? 
My vision is to impact 100 million people with my music, impact a million people, build the body of their dreams, and a million people build the life of their dreams surrounding a business. So to make, to, to financially have you stable, uh, to give you financial freedom with your music and your fitness and transforming people's lives in both areas. Mm -hmm. Powerful, man. Yes, sir. Powerful. Now, what do you see happening in the next five years for you? Next five years? Yeah. Continue to uh, expand my fitness empire, leading from no BS fitness nu nutrition information, all online base, and uh, in mentoring, like getting on stage, sharing more often, flexing that muscle. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. Uh, and, and really sh showing others the path that I want. I, I truly think as a coach and as a mentor, a lot, of, like a lot of guys may see Andy and I, like we're on a podcast, like it's great editing. Oh, they're living here. It's so great. They must know some amazing things that we don't know. Not the case. I think that to have a mentor, they just need to be reading a chapter ahead of the person that they're teaching. If I read a chapter ahead of you, Andy, I can teach you that last chapter, hmm. right? So I'm a couple chapters ahead of a lot of fitness coaches who don't know how to scale their business, to grow it, um, the right things to do with, you know, email list and Facebook, all these things, right? I now get to teach that because gotcha. I found what works. Gotcha. So stepping into the space of mentor, mentorship and business, which, you know, going from being in a cubicle class as an accountant to being a business mentor, I never really suspected that that would be a reality, but... So I want to do two things today. I want to, you know, while, while we're here, I want to see you bang out on your music. So let's let's have an opportunity to hear you and check out your music. But also, man, let's get a workout. And what do you think? Let's do it. Let's get a workout. Let's in. go. All right, yeah, man. So let's check it out, man. So a little bit of equipment for here to work out. You know, what you got from here for us? So ideally, we have a big gym, right? But we replaced the gym with the view. Yeah, five pull-ups. Any assistance, I'll get your legs, and then we just move through. We'll go pull-ups, start here. All the way up, boom, come around, five dips, right here. Whew. Next, banded pull-aparts. So shoulder width right here. This is the back of the shoulder right here. Okay, okay. Like that. Next, we got curls for them girls. Curls for the girls. Obviously. Not shoulder width. We're right here. Wish we, if it wasn't mic'd up, the shirt would be off, man. Right. <laughs> Curls, and then last thing, we're gonna finish up with some rotating push-ups right here. So this way, down, up, down, up. Five reps each. It may not sound like a lot. Five movements, five reps, five rounds. But we're not, we're not stopping, bro. Okay. We're just, we're just going. So, so you. You just did something. Uh, what I'm gonna do, you, you leave. I will follow you. Let's you roll. Start, you start. So push ups, dips, and we're gonna move to the Let's roll. So you just did something, and as you're doing, I'll ask you questions. Let's roll. So you, you just did something for bodybuilding, right? Yes, sir. So bodybuilding.com is one of the main, if not the, basically best online supplement resource and education resource in fitness and has been right. the last 20 years. Programs. Supplements, you name it. Let's go. Nice. Nice. So I, I'm an athlete for them. Let's go. Nice. Woo! Here we go, boy. Boom. So what are you doing with them? I create programs for them. Actually, in the... You got an app? You got, you're going to have an app coming up? So they have an app. We're going to have my program on there. Okay, okay. Powerful. Yeah. What's the name of your program? 
I don't have it named yet, but um, it's gonna be something progression. called- Progression. Nah, that's mine, never mind. Ooh. It's gonna be called, I actually like that. Progression's good, but uh, power building is like a combination of heavy lifting and bodybuilding. Okay. Which is how I train. So I'm able to stay big and lean. And just most people don't know about it, about what part power building is. What's your What's your diet look like? My diet? Um, I eat like a normal person to be honest. Like I'll go, I'll go to McDonald's and stuff, but the key is I track calories and I track macronutrients to make sure I'm getting enough protein. Even make at sure. McDonald's? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. I eat fast food almost every day. Now not the not the bad stuff. We all get a crispy chicken sandwich, but I won't overdo it with fries and all this okay. stuff. I'll keep it in check. Gotcha. Right? There's a healthy balance. So for those of you who are watching right now who are like, you know, how can you maintain a lean physique like that eat fast food every day? I'm telling you, you could make it happen again, like we said in the podcast, it just comes down to making sure your calories are right, right? Because you know, if you eat a small amount of food, or if you have a large amount of food and it's all healthy, you're still gonna gain fat. Right, right. Right? So it's controlled. So it don't, it don't like, matter what you eat. Well, it does matter what you eat, but of course. Regardless, you're still gonna lose weight if you are in the right calorie deficit. Of course. That's the key. Now, why uh, this is my first time doing the rotated. Why rotating? So um, it's more of a natural plane of motion for your chest. You know, when you keep your, when you stay in a fixed uh, plane, when you're doing push-ups, it's actually not natural. It can injure your front delt, your shoulder, your rotator cuff. Oh, really? Gotcha. So, like you're, you naturally actually want to twist. Gotcha. Your okay. arms want to. So it's more of a natural movement. So, you know, you would, you were saying that when you were, you were from the East Coast and, and there was a lot of drug abuse down in West Virginia. Right? Have you ever indulged into the drugs or entertained it? I have not. Like, there's a big prescription drug abuse in West Virginia. Those were all nice. Um, never have been into prescription drugs. Um, I've smoked weed before, but recreationally. Um, I actually learned from, I have an older brother, a year older than me, that had his bout with substance abuse when he was younger. He's sober now, but went into some of the harder stuff and I saw how it affected him adversely in life. Wow. So I kind of got to learn from his mistakes and see how substance abuse can really. So is that what like we were talking about in, in the interview earlier, that that's kind of like the chapter ahead? Yeah. So it could even be on the good or it could be on the bad or what not to do? That's very true. Yeah, you could, you could argue that, you know, from an experiential standpoint, my brother was ahead of me. Yeah. And I saw what that was giving him. If I were to go into, you know, trying certain substances and whatnot, and I did not like what I saw. I forgot no. who, who it was, whether it was an interview or not. The person, the person actually said, uh, you can have everyone, well, you can have good mentors and you can have mentors that are, that show you what not to do. You can have mentors that show you what to do. Mm -hmm. You know, so as, lo as, as long as you're that. looking at, right, as, based on what you shared earlier, as long as you're looking at their chapter ahead, you can learn what to and what not to. Oh yeah, okay. 100%, 100% man. Gotcha. There you go. There we go. Man. Let's go, Andy. Gotcha. Good shit. Good so, shit. Very powerful. So when you when you came here from from the from the east, where'd you stay at? Where was the first spot that you stayed at or, or even experienced? It's funny. I didn't realize at that time, but it's the same thing that Tony Robbins did. He moved to Marina Del Rey. Okay. So I moved to Marina Del Rey 
south of Venice, West LA. Right near the water. It's like, man, like, I'm gonna live in LA. I'm gonna live in LA. And then what'd you do? Uh, just kept growing my online coaching business. Okay, so you, so you, you started coaching back on the East Coast. I started coaching back on the East Coast while having that corporate job. Quit that job, the accounting job, moved out to moved out here, and I actually, it's funny, I started an accounting job for two days <laughs> when I moved out here in, in El Segundo. I went in on day number two, I walked out, it's like, I'm never, I'm never coming back to this shit. So, so far that you've been <laughs> here, how long has it been? Been here for two years. Two years. Now, what would you say is your most memorable experience? Most memorable experience. Now, you know, yo, I have followers on the East Coast, all throughout the world, right? I got followers in Cal uh, Africa that follow me, and these are loyal people. Like, I actually know who they are. Yeah. However, I'm sure they want to live this lifestyle. Like, look at this view. It's fucking beautiful. Yeah, man. They, the most memorable thing, to be honest, and it's because a guy who's mentored me without him even knowing it, Arnold Schwarzenegger, man. Hmm. Seeing him in, when I moved here my first year, my home gym was Gold's Gym Venice, the Mecca. It's the most okay. famous most famous gym in the world. You yeah, on purpose? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Um, and just seeing him train there. like as a Arnold was there. Arnold still still trains at the Mecca. Oh, wow. Weekly. Yeah. Wow, okay. And just seeing him there. He has obviously has like a bodyguard, a trainer with him that kind of protects him. Okay. But he's still there put, getting the reps in. Like, man, when he was Mr. Universe, Mr. Olympia back in the freaking, you know, 60s, the, he made bodybuilding. And he's still in there getting the reps in at his age. Would you consider yourself to be a bodybuilder? I would not actually, no. 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 So you, you I have, have done bodybuilding, but. You just fit. I, I, I lead a fit lifestyle. Okay. It's a life. Yeah, it's a full lifestyle, brother. That's powerful. Yeah, man. Where are we at right now? I think we're about, I don't know, man. We got lost in conversation. <laughs> man, let's, let's go inside and let's check out your music, man. Let's do it. I want to see kind of like what you're up to in, in the music space. Let's do it, man. I mean, that's huge, huge passion. Let's roll. <clears throat> go inside, check out, check out your music. Look, it's, this is an awesome experience. Guys, this, 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 this is an awesome experience to not only go into the live when this the lives of my subjects when I'm interviewing them, but really like dive into their life. So you see us doing a little bit of workout. You see us now we're going inside to do check out his music. Just lead the way, brother. Check out his music. And it's really about understanding more about the people that we're viewing on social media and what their lifestyle is. And that's why I wanted to bring you on the progression show. You know, I want to do some stuff that's a little bit different for y'all that are watching. And I don't even hear my voice, but you can't see who I can't see me. But I want to do something a little bit different for y'all. When we're in the progression show, we really go deep into the person's life and check out what they're up to. So Brian here loves music. He has a setup for us, you know. So what, what do we have here? What is this? Yeah, so this is called uh, this is called a, a Pioneer. It's a Pioneer controller. So those of you who love music, love DJing, maybe electronic music, you, you've definitely seen this bad boy before. Um, Dude, spin music, man. It just, you know, I was a DJ in college, love playing music, play guitar. And, uh, dude, you can mix amazing tracks with each other. We can throw one on, huh? Just play one. Let's do it, bro. So tracks like this, man, like, bring that energy. Maybe you add filters to it, like, so. Bring the drop in. Three, two, one. 
mix of other two I did. Okay, okay. Thirteen. I was touching the popcorn wall because people were making fun of me at school, and I was touching that wall because I was contemplating dying right then and there. And I was thinking about like because I have gynecomastia, a big breast, at for a man, it made me feel like, like not like you know, it made me feel like I wasn't a man. Mm. And it's so touchy that sometimes I still get choked up. <clears throat> and then it took me ten years, ten years to really overcome it. And so I'm thirteen years old, going through the struggle of feeling not like a man because I have bigger chest than the guys around me. Now, fast forward literally a couple of days, I decide to stay alive, but I'm looking for someone on social media, online, on YouTube that was heavy with big breasts like I did and that was successful just so I can have an outlet, just so I can look up to somebody and say, well, you know, I could do it. Mm. And then what happened was I couldn't find anyone. The closest person I got was Rick Ross. Rick Ross okay. the rapper, right? I was like, okay, maybe him. But it wasn't the same because he just was like really fat and overweight at the time and obese. That I was chubby, but not to the point to have breasts like that, that I did. Mm. So I couldn't find anyone. And I got on my knees and I prayed. And it was clear that God was telling me that you get to be that successful person. So I went through life saying, I'm going to be successful so I can support the people out here in this world that are going through the same similar insecurities. Mm. 2017, I'm now in the seminar space. I'm speaking all throughout the country. And I'm doing a presentation for World's Financial Group. It's a, it's a multi-level marketing company. And I'm doing a presentation for them. And I go to the bathroom after my presentation to go wash my hands. And I see a kid who must be like 12, 13 years old. And I remember when I was 14, I was going through my mom's laundry and I found a tube top. Now, this is actually the first time I think I'm going public with this, but I found a tube top in my mom's laundry that she used to suck her stomach in. That woman, that's what the woman used for their stomach. Yeah, yeah. And I found that and I put it on at 14 and it sucked my chest in. So I'm now going into high school at that, at that moment and I put it on and it sucks my, my chest in. And it makes you feel normal. It's like a flat chest. Mm. So I'm looking in the mirror, I feel normal. I wore that tube top every single day for five years straight throughout high school. Because the next day, I couldn't take it off and go back to my insecurity. Right. The next day, I couldn't take it off. I couldn't take it off. Wow. So for five years, every single day through basketball practice, through going up my, my first time having sex, my first time, you know, kissing girls the way that, I, you know, all those experiences, I had that tube top on. I remember wow. one time I, my friend was playing basketball with me and he was like guarding me like this and he 
pushed back on my chest. And he's like, what the fuck? You got a bra on, dude? And I was like, ah, oh, it hurt. Like, it hurt me. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, my God. And I, and I actually, I told him, like, six years later, I was like, I didn't have a bra, but I had a tube top. Yeah. And when I was 19, I opened up that business. Someone, someone that guy who believed in me said, bro, you got you to gotta be confident, man. Like, put your back. Because I was like this. Like, be confident. We're a businessman. I took that tube top off and never wore it again. Mm. So now I'm in California. So let's go back to that story. I'm in California. I don't have the tube top anymore. I allow myself to be free. And I'm at, I'm at the, that meeting, that, that World Financial Group meeting in the bathroom, see a kid washing his hands. He looks just like me when I was 13 and he had the same type of chest. And I was like, yo, I can't. I'm a confident businessman. I talked to CEOs. We're talking about five large five and six figure deals. I'm at these boardrooms and I don't have the confidence to talk to a 13 year old because he has the same chest that I did. Mm. And I know what he's going through. So I was like, uh, I'm gonna talk to you. Nah, maybe not. So I go back, I wash my hands, I go back into the, the to the conference room and there's a group of guys, men, shake my hand, Andy, thank you for coming, thank you for presenting, thank you for coming. And that little 13 year old boy actually walks in and I was like, oh shoot, like he's here. I'm like, what the heck, bro? Why do I feel this way? His dad shakes my hand and I'm like, yo, I gotta leave. It was a pleasure, guys, I gotta leave. So I left the building. I take off my blazer, put it in the back of my car, and that father comes out and he's like, hey, Andy, I just wanted to say thank you, man, with the 13-year-old boy. I went up to the 13-year-old boy and I was like, I went up to the father, I said, is that your son? He said, yeah, I just wanna let you know something, man. And I told him the story about my chest and about the tube top. He said, that's crazy, man. Goes into the car, goes into the car, pulls out the shirt, his compression shirt, and he says, my son, is being bullied in school about his chest and he couldn't handle it. And he just asked me to buy this shirt for him. Oh my God. And I went to go talk to the, to, to the young boy and, and, I, and I fed him those words of affirmation that we were talking about earlier. Oh my God, I got chills, man. Dude, it was it was ridiculous to, to see that and it hit me and that let me know that I'm on purpose, that I'm on, I'm on the right path oh in God. my life. Oh my gosh. You are, that blessing that you were to that man, that boy. Yeah, dude. If, if you had, and Andy, when you were touching the wall, come to you at that point, what would have been different? Like you were able to be that blessing, man. Yeah. And now, now to, to be able to link up with people like you and bring you towards my audience and the people that support me and follow me, it, that's really a blessing because you have a story and you have this experience that other people are looking for the answer that I don't have. I don't have that experience. I don't have the, the nine to five experience in, in the cubicle. I never did that. But you did and you overcame that. So there's people that follow me that have that experience. Mm -hmm. And you were like, yo, the, you got you to gotta overcome. I was talking to Brooke about our $100 million plan in my company, like how we're going to make $100 million. And I was telling her, like, we're, we're going to work with entrepreneurs. We're going to support entrepreneurs. So this right here, you're like, what you're doing is for the people that are watching. They're looking, they're looking at you. There's, there's somebody, I promise you, there's somebody in the next six years is gonna look at this video and say, yo, Brian, and you're gonna live your life, you know, you're gonna forget about this day, live your life, but they're gonna say, yo, I was scrolling through YouTube or Facebook or whatever platform is there, and I saw that video, and thank you for planting that seed. That's what we're doing, baby. I love it, I love it, man. So, look, man, what I wanna do, man, it's all about permission. You guys have permission to do. <laughs> I appreciate you. Yeah, man. seriously. So what I want to do, man, is I want to experience my freedom, and I'm gonna do it with you, bro, with your physique, and we're gonna put on social media, all that shit. I want to jump in the pool shirtless with you. Let's do it. Here's some freedom, entrepreneurial freedom. Freedom, baby, freedom. Let's go. 
three, one, two, one. This is the first time I did it with my man Brian. Woo! I did it on purpose too. It's the first time on the progression show I've ever done something like this. And I've allowed myself to be free with my body, right? I'm I'm in the process of transforming my body right now. <coughs> and to do it with you means a lot. Because when I look back at the footage, I'm gonna be able to see where I once was and where I could be. And to, look, to go right and left, right and left, and now my compelling vision is there. Mm -hmm. And then I create a story about when my body is there, how my life will be. And so to do that, dude, it's, it's powerful. And I appreciate oh my God. you, bro. Yeah, you're inspiring, man. Your willingness to go from you know where you've been at one point in your life to now. Who would have thought at 13 years old, man? That you'd be free. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Appreciate you, bro. Of course, man. It was a great time. All right, Looking on. forward to the progression conference.